Welcome to this. Welcome to this space. Welcome to this space. It's, today's, a, today's a big day. Yeah, I mean, because we are talking about a subject matter that a lot of people don't like to talk about. Right? True. When was the last time you talked about this? Like With someone? With somebody casually that wasn't related to this podcast. Never. Oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. I genuinely, uh, you know, the only thing I can remember would be something that was like, talking about it negatively like oh um, porn is this way (laughs) who are you hanging out what witch is like coming to your house with like a ratty ass wart on her mouth and she's like porn is is this this way way? do you have any other information miss no (laughs) she just like this way cloak and she like disappears what way what way is porn? Come back. And it's just like a whisper in the wind is you have to figure it out for yourself. Oh so when I say the word patriarchy, oh well. Unclench your butthole. I love my dad. I like to freaking Google it. Keep going. I'll I'm shut trying up. to talk about Christian shame. If you don't know who these people are, I'm Emily. And I'm Olivia. I like them. Slap it on and just get it on. Imagine telling your daughter that. Well, you shouldn't talk about that. That's bad. Learning what like a sexual partner is, and learning what respect yeah. is, and learning what love is. It's a hard journey we're on. So we're talking about porn. And <laughs> how did it sex ed you? Yeah, that's kind of the question that we're asking. How did porn sex ed you, Olivia? Uh uh. Hmm. Okay, so when I was little, I used to love to play, like, computer games with, uh, like, on the internet. Yeah. But I like to play, like, little dress-up games where I would, like, ooh, I could, like, make outfits and stuff. So, I know, your, your oh, face God. is so concerned. So and you should be concerned also, because I did not mean to stumble upon this thing. Uh, so, I'm playing my little dress-up game, la, 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 la. And then I clicked on something and it led me to, like, this website that had no content other than images and they weren't like actual physical people it was anime drawings but they're like these women anime and you know anime like giant tits huge huge ass huge tiniest waist and i'm like small nipples very tiny nipples like come on like disproportionate nipples when guys see my nipples they're like what happened they're like (laughs) where does it end (laughs) like i'm used to anime nipples this is what is this right yeah so i'm probably like eight years old and i'm like what and like I first see it and I'm like, bad, bad, bad. So I exit out. and But I the image is now in my brain. And I'm like, wait, what was that? So then like a couple days probably go by. I go back to the site and I'm like, looking around like, hmm, click. I scroll down. It's a huge page. I scroll down. There's a bunch of different like anime pictures of these like chicks that are just like sticking things in their vaginas. Oh, I, you know. How old were you? I was really young. I was probably like eight. Or maybe even earlier. Anyways, I saw these images and like, 
I just remember like my stomach dropping and it was sort of like a zombie thing. I was just like looking at them, not knowing what I was looking at. And it was just like my knees were giving out because I just did not know what was happening. And I was like, this is bad. But what what is this thing? I like there was cum. It, it was misty and there were Describe. waterfalls. <laughs> OK, so the anime cum was misty. Not the cum, just the, the scenery was misty. because okay, I like the idea of cum being misty. I like it like, like a fog machine yeah, yeah, coming out of yeah. like. <laughs> you just breathe like a fake fog machine, but like, come. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's. Uh... Okay. Today is a very special episode. Olivia, why is today so special? <gasps> today is so special because we have a guest today. Our first guest. Our first guest. Who today. is our Mr. President, sound engineer, doctor. I'm sorry, of Aiden, sound. is that your title? The Grand Poobah. He's here. Director. Director of Sound Technologies. Uh, director of Sound <laughs> Technologies, Aiden. He is uh, a joy to my heart. Yeah. Um, we're overjoyed here today. Yeah. Because we needed um, a man and then. Um, and then we looked at Aiden, and we were like, like, "There's a, the there's only a guy one in the room <laughs> at the time." I was like, "I need." I was like, "Guys, we need like a guy for like the porn questions because like I like girls obviously also watch a lot of porn, but like in my brain, I think guys watch more porn." But I, so I wanted both sides. Well, a lot of it's male geared. Like if you see the oh, statistics right. of it, a lot yeah. of it is geared toward, towards the male. Yeah. Like I would much mind. rather watch whatever HBO beach scene. What did you, <laughs> I would rather watch like Tony Soprano, fuck a, uh, like anyone than like um, watching <laughs> anyone like a porn. at all. Yeah. Like I really like, yeah, that like soft, s- soft stuff on HBO. But like that's as a woman. Well, you know what? I'm trying to be too politically correct here and I give up. <laughs> I would just like to say ahead of time on this episode, I'm very sorry. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> just apologize in, general. in advance I'm, for I'm sorry everything. that I don't know what I'm going to talk. I don't know. We can only come from our own. Ex- we can only come from our own experiences. <laughs> so much merch and is our come. own background. Okay. Um, but the point is, we have a guest Aiden here today that we are so stoked to have because he has a specific experience, and we're just delighted to yeah, partake so in it. For being partake here, in Aiden. the story. So thank you thanks so much for, for being there. Yeah. Before we actually really get into it, we're going to define a few things. Just lay some foundation, lay some ground rules here before we dive headfirst into this. <sighs> these murky waters. So, first of all, we're wanting we're wanting to state outright that porn is a show. Porn is a performance. Porn is done by actors who uh, are in the industry, and so that makes it sort of like st- stunt performance. So, like it's as if you were watching um, an action movie. I like to think the Avengers, you know, if you're watching the Avengers and you see aliens come and tear New York City up, you're not going to like go recluse yourself the next day because you think that aliens are going to come and, and, and attack New York City. Uh, just as much the same mindset is around sex. Like it is something that is choreographed. It's harder though, too, because it is real but it's a hyperbolized reality. Uh, I think that's a very important point to make as we dive into the discussion of it. And then secondly, porn is very accessible uh, now more than ever with smartphones and the internet. Like I like to say, in our pockets, the world is in our pockets. And so kids are getting access to porn very easily. It's, I guess, dare I say, not a very good uh, way to, I don't know, not see sex but be educated by it yeah you know totally yeah so uh to be educated first by porn is probably not the 
best uh, example for what real relationship sex is like. We're also going to dive into like the science of what happens in your brain when when one watches porn and the science behind like the addiction process that happens if you overwatch it. And uh, can porn be positive in creating intimacy? Just because um, a pornography is accessible or there's a fetish for something, does that mm. mean it's ethical to have it out there? Yeah. Right? Like and it's hard to dive into that the ethics of that and not offend somebody who's right. into you know watching yeah. a girl fart a football it's oh you my know? god is that i'm so sorry is it's that there. a real thing oh yeah it's there I, oh I've my god <laughs> i what oh my what kind of lube is she using because I have we no need clue. that she link. was straddling my friend showed it to me at a party actually that probably she was the sat last on a football no no no. she was uh straddling a toilet and just like pooped a football <laughs> that's not real a, real... a tiny foam football oh, that changes things dude okay that means she must have put it in and then pooped it out oh, Oh, yes. She but didn't like multiple swallow objects it. coming out first. Uh, okay. okay. Point is, I don't want to oh offend God. anyone who's into that. <laughs> I'm breathing a lot over here. Because okay. I think that's funny, but you might think that, that is hot. Real hot. I didn't have my... I didn't have my own laptop like growing up. Like we had like one family laptop. I would like, <laughs> I would take my laptop like into my room and like watch porn on it, but not even like, I don't even know if I was like masturbating to it or if I was just like curious and looking it up. <laughs> I got home from school one day and my parents were like, we need to talk to you about something. Um, like we found this, like we found this on the computer. Like, is like, did you watch this? And I like broke down crying and was like, I'm sorry, mom and dad. Like, I think I might be gay, like blah, 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 blah. And my parents were both like, no, you're not gay. Like, of course you're not gay. Like, this is just a phase. Like, trying to relate, like, my dad is probably, like, the straightest person, the straightest man you will ever meet. He was like, well, so, like, why did you look it up? Like, why did you want to look at that? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I think the excuse I used was that I, like, <laughs> I said, like, I didn't have like as big of a penis as these men did in this video like in these videos and that I was looking it up because I like envied like how big their dicks were or something like really stupid my mom was just so distraught about this she went to like one of our friends who's a psychologist and she was like we found like gay porn on the computer and admitted to watching it and you know, he like cried and said that he thinks he might be gay. And you know, of course he's not gay, blah, blah, blah. And is like, what are you talking about? And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, your son is gay. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, if your son's looking up gay porn, he's probably gay. I had friends at school that like brought like magazines or like pictures or whatever, or like would show pictures on their phone. But I like really had no desire to really watch porn or just 
be sexually active or like curious in that way really in general until I was 15. I guess I was like a late bloomer. When I did first start washing corn, like I, I always thought it was weird that like women were just treated like shit, but like I didn't question it, if that makes sense. It was just like, oh, maybe they just like being worthless. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there was just like dominant submissive thing happening that I was like thinking like, oh, well, like that's what being the man in this scenario means and that's what being a woman in this scenario means. Being the man means that you have all the power and being a woman means that you have no value or sense of worth and that's hot. My first memory of porn was going to my friend's house. We were looking through all of her mom's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like all of her drawers and the bottom drawer was like a drawer full of like sex toys and porn movies and I was like what are these things for <laughs> like why is that thing so long and like why are they so different colors and then what are all these weird titles why does that lady not have a shirt on and like I remember them telling me like oh we're gonna watch one later tonight like come over we'll all watch one like it was a movie like it was just like oh we're all gonna get around and like watch a movie and, and I was like all right and I ended up not being able to come but I remember thinking like oh yeah I'm gonna go uh, home and do my homework and I'm gonna go back to my friend's house and I'm gonna watch porn with them. I got anxious going into this episode because I am in a phase in my life where I want to be really accepting of people's like fetishes. I'm very like pro kink community, yeah, kink. like yeah. if, like Dom. Such a noob to all of this, um, but You're like, me. yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm very like sex positive, right? So, but I think I have tried to avoid the topic of pornography because it's so widely used. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to offend anybody, yeah, but I'm being a lot of shame there, a lot of shame, a, lot of, a shame. lot of, and so what I realized things that I've gotten out of this research is we could talk all day around what kind well, of yeah. porn is beneficial or not beneficial. Uh, but we have definitely discovered research about the negative side effects of overwatching pornography. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you get into the, you know, the more ambiguous stage of, you know, is this affecting your relationships? Is this making you, you know, uh, view women or some or person in a certain way that might be disrespectful to them? That's like, that's harder to, you know, research, I guess, because that goes into uh, your own sort of self-awareness and your societal awareness of like making it shape your perception of other people and yourself in a well, negative manner. I'm more manner. interested in what is it doing to you, right? your own brain chemistry, yeah. right? Because like, you but know, tell it's me about it. You know, I want to know. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing. What keeps me from this sounds terrible, but why I don't drink and drive is because I don't want to pay $10,000. But if someone tells me you're going to kill someone, you're like, yeah, whatever. So it's like with pornography, you could say it's changing the way you view women. Yeah, whatever. But if I tell if I inform mm -hmm. you and myself and I go, no, an addiction to pornography literally changes you, mm -hmm. your brain chemistry, and can create erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. Then you're like, what? 
Me? What? Hold on a Wait, second. That's I don't care about objectifying women, but my dick? <laughs> oh. Because people are inherently yeah. very self-centered. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so we gotta hit that so, point first, because, and then we'll talk yeah, about so, other people. <laughs> so some of the side effects of arousal addiction are ADHD, social anxiety, depression, um, performance anxiety, OCD. Isn't that crazy? Those are some symptoms of of arousal addiction. So if you don't get yeah. your fix, mm-hmm. like these are symptoms that can happen. And what's happening is like with pornography, it's almost like mating season, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm like everywhere. But like <laughs> you you eat, we overeat because it's almost like we were trained during winter to be like, oh, there's a moose. So we eat all the moose because we don't know when the next <laughs> moose is coming. So, this, so the, the same moose. way in us. Burn the witch. Yeah, so <laughs> the same way in us, like all of our genetic makeup is like, ooh, ooh, se- a vagina. <laughs> get it get it like get yeah, all of it there it is we don't know when the next vagina is coming species so yeah so it's like we get we get these surge picturing like men in the jungle with spears just yeah, like yeah come across a, a wild mo- vagina yeah yeah we gotta get it get all the vagina you because- gotta be statistical careful yeah. strategic yeah if you want to capture the rare vagina <laughs> but here's the thing the vagina isn't rare there's so many vaginas coming left and right left and right it's like a mating season but all the time so it's we're not used to it the mm, body and the brain is not used to mating season that can happen every night on your computer you know so every there's two hours every two hours i mean it's you i mean get it as much as you want i know and with any like binging you know because like mm-hmm. if you get up to like 22 clicks of different women like that's the like the mater in you is just like finding more potential like vaginas to put his sperm into so he's just like wow. oh this girl this girl this girl this girl and after like a bunch of clicks like you're just surging 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 wow. what happens is you get this surge of like delta fos b in your brain and what starts to happen is it starts to alter the brain and it creates a cycle of binging and craving Mm -hmm. so you're surging with dopamine which creates this like you get drawn into the cycle again and wanting to like get more and more and then in in your normal life can create like a numb pleasure response Mm -hmm. and um and it can change your frontal cortex but just with anything, your brain can change. You can change yeah. your brain. There's Recovery Ranch, which is just a, a site for recovering addicts. And they talked about sex addiction on there because obviously that's a thing. And I'll just read this really fast from the very beginning of their site, uh, which goes exactly with what you're saying. Behavioral addictions such as long-term excessive reliance on pornography can lead to neurochemical changes in the brain. The three-stage model describes addiction as a neurobiochemically based shift from impulsive action learned through positive reinforcement to compulsive actions learned through negative reinforcement. In this model, the addictive cycle includes binge slash intoxication, uh, withdrawal slash negative effect, and uh, preoccupation slash anticipation. When an individual compulsively views pornography online, the continued release of dopamine into the reward system stimulates changes in the brain that reinforce the experience. Although pornography addiction is not associated with the same harms of substance use disorders, it can inflict significant damage and get progressively worse. Yikes. So... Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Emily. Eddie, Aiden, eighty, eighty. <laughs> what, like, what does that make you feel? Um, I mean, yeah, those things all ring true and like resonate with me. Those are like a lot of those things are things that I've experienced as a recovering porn addict. Um, I mean, and I don't know much about. Like chemical addiction, I've never experienced that or anything like that, but okay. it is kind of a crazy 
experienced like being addicted to something and like you don't you, there's never any concern about like having figuring out how you're going to score mm. i feel like that's like a huge difference oh. between a chemical addiction and a porn addiction is like it's always available all the time you have an unlimited supply mm. mm-hmm. um and so that like in one way they that makes it more difficult because um, there's nothing regulating your right. consumption. You don't really need to have like that sort of uh, long-standing like I need to find a dealer on in the alley. You know, like you don't. Or you I have just... to like steal my mom's TV and go sell it at a pawn a pawn shop. Right? So yeah, you don't need money. to do that. Yeah, because oh, right. it's just free it's and unlimited all the time. When did your watching of porn get out of hand? Like, when did it become like maybe a casual thing to where? where you feel in your life it was like a, a like actual problem so i couldn't really put my finger on when exactly it started the first time like first time i ever heard the language of porn as an addiction mm-hmm. was long after i was already addicted to it okay. um and i don't know if that's because people just didn't talk about it in those terms back then or if i was just too young that people weren't talking about it around me mm. um yeah but it wasn't until like at least late middle school probably high school when people started talking about pornography addiction and I remember, like, the first time I heard people talk about it in that way, like, I knew, like, that that was me. It's also so complicated be growing up in a Christian household, too, because there's, like, this cycle of shame that oh, happens absolutely. constantly. Um, I always knew that it was a problem, obviously, because I had been, and probably more so than I should have, like, I thought it was a bigger problem than it was, just because of all the shame that was, like, injected into it from the environment I grew up in. Um, but, yeah, I like I said, I don't really know if I could place put place my finger on, like, when it became a problem just because it's like so convoluted in those ways. Yeah. How did Um, you first gain access to it? Um, I was quite young. Um, it's like seven or seven and a half at the, at the oldest, maybe even younger than that. So was it internet? What, how was, no, it was actually a neighbor of mine. So he was older. I don't know how much older, but I was over at his house and he had a VHS tape. Oh, no way. (laughs) I'm not that old, but like, Oh no, but back then VHSs were still, I guess guess maybe I I am that old. I guess I'm, when I was a kid, VHS tapes were a thing, uh, so yeah, I guess I am I that old. I still have a VHS but, player, right. and I well, still watch impressive. VHS movies. Let go, Olivia, <laughs> I'm, I'm let go. <laughs> um, but yeah, he had a tape, and that was the first time I ever was And you guys watched it, to it together. Yeah. I could tell it was like something, maybe not necessarily wrong, but like not okay. Or like, right, because you guys it was were probably like deal. hiding it, or like yeah. you guys were like watching it, so you were like, hey, you want to watch this tape? You right, know, like, right, It was yeah. like, it was like, like, like hey, let's thing. go sit in the living room with my right. mom and dad and watch a movie. <laughs> right. Oh my, not the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you start viewing women and men growing up while in taking this media? It's interesting because I don't know how my view of women like as I was growing up was different from the other boys and mm-hmm. men's views because like people talk about like adolescent boys it's like yeah. all I think about is sex right and it's kind of this chicken of the egg thing I don't know if like that's actually true or if if boys think that way because we tell them they do right or if yes. I or if I just felt that way because I was watching so much porn or if everyone all the men around me were also watching as much porn as I was and just weren't talking about it um but like it definitely like I definitely was would constantly view women as objects essentially i mean i didn't see it that way but women's bodies were just like things for me to look at and like gain pleasure from and then um whether or not that translated to like going and watching porn directly because i saw like a certain woman's body um like sometimes that that would be the case sometimes it wouldn't but either way like women's bodies were like something for me to constantly be like consuming and 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 judging and like yeah 
Um, that's not okay. <laughs> that's like no. not healthy. Well, I'm wow. curious too. Like they always talked about boys watching porn. Well, at the same time, like I've got HBO, you know, and I'm right. like, I've seen it oh, too. Yeah. That's you thing. know, like I, I think that's changing now. Maybe not in the church culture, but yeah. like people talk more about women using porn now. But back then, right. it was, no, yeah, it was it's only men. Yeah, it, nobody yeah. talks about. Yeah, you know, like women. We would break off into small groups after service, right? And then the boys would go, and I know they were talking about porn or masturbation mm-hmm. or something. And we're over here, and we're like, la la la, let's read about Job. I don't know. And so you know, I don't know. Guys didn't talk about porn and no, we talked about guarding your heart. Guys only want sex. Guard your heart. We were talking about how you guys were doing that, and I'm over there twiddling my thumbs like, oh shit, you know. Um, Did yeah. you guys know that that's what the guys were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because afterwards they'd be like, mm-hmm. they'd like look at us and be like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did it feel like that, like they were splitting the groups up just so the guys could talk about guy stuff and yes. then the girls were just kind, kind of, of, honestly, yeah. We just need yeah. something to do with you guys while they, while the guys talk about guy stuff. I just felt shame. I, I remember I wore, I would wear like, I had to wear uniforms and I would wear gold jewelry sometimes with a gold bow, like Uh-oh. a necklace and everything Not to accessorize. Gold. And, um... The teacher one day pulled a verse out of the Old Testament or something about like gold. women adorning themselves in gold yes. are like oh, <laughs> basically pores. <laughs> and like Absolutely. you're telling you a sixth grader who is trying to like express herself through accessories that she is a seductress and bringing men into yeah, the night. A stumbling block. And, yes, you are a stumbling through, block. through my bows and my jewelry. Like, are you no. kidding me? Because I remember we all had this youth pastor that was, you know, talking to us the way that Emily just said, and you guys, uh, you know, men masturbating and porn and stuff. And it mm. was never like about like what you're doing to your brain and the way that you're viewing women. It was always just about like, uh, like Jesus and Jesus died yeah. for that. Like, so I'm wondering what you remember the language that they gave you. And like, cause I found out later that that youth pastor was also watching porn. Oh, yeah, so I'm like, sure. yeah. So it's like, <laughs> what the fuck, you know? Yeah. So can you like enlighten me? I'm so curious about this dark part of my past that I don't I mean, know anything about. <laughs> it's, there's nothing like super secretive about it. I'm sure it's all language that you've heard elsewhere, especially yeah. in your research and stuff. But um, yeah, we would just like talk about like, lust and like how tempting it is and like oh. and there's that verse about um if any man looks lustfully at a woman he should like cut, cut off, off his, his hand, hand. yeah yes, and it's and like so. i i like struggled with that verse on like so many occasions where i was like should i should i cut my hand off oh <laughs> sure oh sure i mean before like back when the taking the bible literally was like something mm-hmm. everybody did basically except we didn't because nobody was cutting off their hands right um yeah that's fun a whole other topic but um yeah, I was basically just talking about, like, trying to abstain from masturbation and porn yeah. and how none of us were able to do it. <laughs> like, it was just this, it was the same every conversation every, yeah, every time. Like, now, like, So nope. how many times did you watch it, boys? Exactly. Where did you watch it? What did you watch? Yep. Did they ever, um, because I'm fascinated with this idea that a lot of people associate pornography with masturbation, mm-hmm. where it's like... Um, uh, it is very separate. You can absolutely mm-hmm. masturbate without pornography. Yeah. Um, but did, did was that like a reality? Did the boys ever talk about just masturbating without pornography? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, it, it was never like, and I know you, like plenty of people watch porn without masturbating, yeah. but mm-hmm. for me, and I think for most of the guys that I like grew up with or whatever would talk about these things with, I don't think that was ever the case. I think pornography was always just a means to, you know, um, assisting masturbation um but yeah masturbating without pornography 
was also a thing because a lot of guys like would they'd be able to abstain from pornography because they knew that it was wrong but then like the masturbation itself was something that they still couldn't resist the temptation because like you're just sitting around by yourself you're in the shower or whatever like (laughs) it's there it's It's just wide open and that's the thing so sad associating the shame that might come from like unethical porn watching with your own body that yes so body shame just reaches a whole new level yeah and how crazy is it by the way that it's like it's your own body like i should be able to this is a lot but i should (laughs) if i want to i should be able to stick my fist inside of myself and that be okay it's my fucking body like you know what i'm saying like whoa who cares like get out just (laughs) (laughs) ellen what are you doing i am so stuck can you help me born is this way (laughs) born is this way but like how weird is it that i remember once um, I was talking to my sister-in-law and we were talking about like what you call like the babies, my, my niece's like vagina. And it's just like mm-hmm. your vagina is your vagina. Your arm is your arm. Your, your mm-hmm. thumb is your thumb. Like your, your clit is your clit. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, your penis is your penis. Like we could keep going. We what if like an hour later just naming <laughs> shoulders, knees and toes. But like, it's just like, why is it <laughs> like new, suddenly, new like I should touch my thigh and be like, my thigh is my thigh. Like, it's so funny. This is like this danger zone. It is. Like around yeah. genitals. Like, Ooh. whereas like mm. also like we could get aroused by other places in our body. Did you feel like there was like, um, like you were Iron Man and your like be- beating heart was just like your genitals. I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you feel like it was like this hot spot? Like you're not allowed. Like once you enter that zone, it it's, is like it's, it's a done. danger you're done. zone. Everything's over. I really it's appreciate over. the Iron Man metaphor. <laughs> yeah. um, trying to make it a male center. Yeah, sort of right. zone I'm just here. such a man's girl. <laughs> <laughs> a man's man. <laughs> um, yeah, there was definitely those types of like because I knew that if I started to like toe that line, yeah, then there there was a rabbit hole that would they would snowball. Oh yeah, you know so. There is definitely that feeling of like I just have to like not think about it and like yeah. not, yeah. Which do is great gonna... when we say don't press the button, right. don't press the button. <laughs> exactly. So what were, your, just what were you gently caressing the button? <laughs> 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 what if I gently? What if I just press the button a lot? Like <laughs> <laughs> okay. What happens if I? Do that? <laughs> what happens if I do that? It's better. It's better. <laughs> okay. So what were some? Uh, what were some oh, your young boyish tactics to not? <laughs> Yeah, what did they give oh you gosh. tactics to not yeah, do it? Yeah, what were your tactics? Yeah. I don't even remember most of them. I, I remember, like, just trying to go cold turkey, like, several times. I mean, I tried everything, yeah. obviously. Because um, right. I'd struggled with it for several years. Yeah. Um, and, like, just going cold turkey, I tried so many times, and that uh, never worked. I tried, like, weaning myself off. or like, okay, I'm only going to do it once a week. Okay. And then, like, eventually I'll start doing it less and less, and that never lasted, wow. obviously. Yeah. Um. There were things like, well, I read, so there's like having an accountability partner is a big thing. Yes. And that actually does oh help a lot usually oh, in the okay. right in the right circumstances. Um, but then there's also, have you guys heard of Triple X Church? Did you guys come up? Come oh, I saw, I, yeah. I saw it on Google. I was a big Triple X Church fan um, because they're like a, this Christian organization that helps people deal with pornography and sex addiction. Okay. Um, and as, I haven't looked into them in a few years, but like they were doing pretty good work from my Christian perspective back then. Mm. Um, but they have this software called X3 Watch where it's like, it's basically an add-on that you install on your web browser. And anytime you like visit a questionable website, it sends an email to your accountability partner, oh. um, which is actually a great idea. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, the problem is that I 
I've always been good with technology and I could always, always get around it. Like wow. there's no, there was no accountability software or like parental mm. software or whatever that You're I could so put smart. on my computer. And I was always doing it myself. My parents never knew any, like that I was struggling with right. any of that stuff. So I was, I would always like put stuff on myself or have one of my friends put it on, but yeah. I, but I always could find a way around wow. it. Do you think you had some friends who had their porn watching under control? Like it was more manageable and you, did you notice yeah. that maybe yours was a little more, a little different? So I never told anybody that I was struggling with it until I was in college. Okay. Wow. Um, that was a lot of years. Yeah. And that was like, that was the only, the only time I actually started making steps towards like, like actual, actual progress. Yeah. Um, it was once I actually came out about it and like was open about it. Um, so I do think that that's like, I mean, for me, it was the only thing that helps. And I think for most people that's like actually being honest about it and telling someone about it is the only real first step towards progress, I think. But that's just from my experience. Once I was talking to other guys about it, like there were definitely like I have a good friend who has just never it's just never really been a problem. He's just like, I guess, not a super sexual person or whatever. Um, but he's, it's never really been an issue for him. I mean, like temptation and things like that, but not to the level of like addiction. And then I have another really close friend who was like probably just as addicted as I was. Um, so yeah, I think it definitely varies from person to person. Do you have any friends who just watch it occasionally and they're like, yeah, man, it's not a problem. I watch it like once a week or once a couple um, times a month or back when I was in more Christian circles, nobody would have admitted to that. Right. No. They would always say no or yes. Or they do it. That's but so the, but Christian. Like, like I don't struggle at all. They're ashamed. Like, yeah. They're ashamed or like of I was it. an right. addict. I, this is my testimony. Right. Like, yeah. Really? No in betweeners yes. here? No, right. in between, no, just a casual <laughs> yeah. once in a right. while guy. Yeah. Um, now that I am not in such an evangelical um, like environment, I don't unfortunately really talk about. It doesn't obviously it doesn't come up in conversation right. very often, um, and that's something that I like in researching for this and preparing for this episode. That's something that I realized and that I want to start changing. Is mm. like I want to be more open about it and talk about porn more because nobody talks about it, and that yeah. only uh, contributes to the problem. <laughs> class in high school and we learned about everything under the sun related to like heterosexual relationships and I just remember sitting in those classes just being like I was like okay this is great but like I can't use this information you know like I mean I can't, obviously being safe when you have sex yes but all these other things I was kind of like confused about and of course it was top topic like a PE teacher and he always had this way of just like making everything funny and it just wasn't really taken seriously at all and I think every everyone else in the class that was straight was just like oh yeah like sex is sex like it is what it is well and all of them were like sexually active at that time which I was not so yeah I think porn was really the only way I was able to like understand uh, well, you know what gay sex is essentially I feel like porn is also just like generally in movies porn is like watching people have sex right and you do that on TV all the time like it happens on HBO all the time and so and I was allowed to watch pretty much anything I wanted and so I would because I watched so many movies and I watched so many adult movies um, not like adult movies, but like <laughs> like movies that were like R-rated, and I would I saw sex all the time because I was always watching these shows. Ninety-nine percent of it was like straight people, and they were thin people, and they were all white. And so in my mind, 
like it made me think like just immediately like oh straight then white people are the sexiest people because that's all that there is and it, you don't even realize that you're like creating these solid ideas in your head hmm. and so I grew up thinking like oh only white people are sexy and hmm. white people are by default sexier because if the other people were sexy too they'd be on TV you know in regards to myself I automatically was like I'm not sexy because I'm not a straight blonde than white woman so huh. obviously like there's no other way to go from that and so my like as far as like how I thought of myself sexually I didn't hmm. because I didn't like apply to the standard that I'd learned having sex for the first time just in real life was so different and it was like not at all like what I had imagined and not at all like what these scenes were like the postman is not coming over my like sister's boyfriend is not sitting on the couch or something like all of these weird like narratives and that's like what they are it's just like these weird like written scripted narratives about like sex and like I don't know these like scenes and they're directed and they're filmed and then, like in real life it's not like that it's very unscripted very undirected and like I don't know there's this weird communication that has to happen between bodies that doesn't exist when you're watching porn. I mean I was just like blown away when because we had when we asked Aiden to do this uh he I had no idea we had no idea and so when you were like I'm gonna think about it I'm like oh it totally makes sense like I don't blame a guy not wanting to come on and talk about how much he loves porn and like this <laughs> is like what my brain thought but like when you came forward and you're like listen like I am I am a former addict and I've been quote unquote sober for this long I'm like oh my god Aiden I love you like my heart just like kind of like, like broke yo, a little bit because it's, un it's something I, I really like I love my guy friends so much I grew up with three brothers and like Oh my god, I'm just I'm getting emotional, but like <laughs> I I want them to be loved so much and I want like them to know how to love and I don't want my boys to like feel shame you know what i'm saying i want mm -hmm. like everyone to have the best sex life and everyone to like just be so healthy and give to each like other that i'm just rainbows and smiles yeah exactly and you be happy and, you know, but it's weird i can't just look at my guy friends when we're sitting on the couch over a glass of wine and be like so how much porn are you watching so what did you watch <laughs> they're gonna be like watching? emily are you hitting on me again like, yes probably but who yes. cares kiss me <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but like, I I'm under the belief that I think guys because they are told they're animals that they be they think they are one, mm. and I I don't think that. What if we both have similar sex drives, and then just right. the way we are conditioned? Yeah. Um, if you tell a boy that all he wants is sex, like yeah, so it's like I want to. I must want sex. Yeah, right. All like, the time. I, and and it made me objectify men. Mm. In a in a terrible way, like the way that Wait, men fear them. I fear, fear them. I fear yes. them a lot. And assume, yeah. just mm -hmm. assume that all they want is sex, and that they don't want a close, intimate I was relationship. Just talking about this in therapy yesterday. Oh my god, Olivia, <laughs> tell us because I can't afford therapy. So tell us. Yeah. What you're learning. Uh, well, no, because I was like therapy vicariously <laughs> yeah. through you. <laughs> yeah. 
let's do this. Yeah. No, um, I was just talking about it because, like, I was talking about going into this episode, right? Because I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this thing, you know. But it's mostly with dating apps with me. Is like I go on a dating app and I'm, you know, uh, matching with a bunch of guys. And if you know my story, like I am a textbook virgin, which I hate that word, but I am. And so like, I have zero experience. I haven't even been kissed yet. And I'm 25. And you're but, not allowed to because it will ruin the branding of the podcast. And, and I'm not allowed to. So I've signed a waiver that I won't be sexually touching anyone or anything except for myself. We're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely kidding. Um, but like, I'll, I'll swipe through these guys and like i'll match with them and i'll start talking to them and oh my god this is actually really funny last night i was taking a bath and i just so have <laughs> i just so happen to match with the guy and he's talking to me and he's asking me what i'm doing and i'm like should i tell him i'm taking a bath and i'm like okay i decided to but then i like caveated it with like and then i'll probably meditate and read later and like you know the only thing he caught on to was he's yeah. like is there room for two and i'm like yeah, damn it yeah. and i was like no it's too small you know like and he's like are you sure can we like big bear and little bear it and i'm like what the fuck is that you started it I, appear- okay, also, I, apparently- I love the idea of like this bath is just so small and tight that <laughs> you all in <laughs> and it was I made a judgment call and I like t- I tested him and he failed so yeah. he yeah. didn't like he didn't pick up on yeah, the meditation he didn't it's honestly the- better that you <laughs> that you said him. that because then right. you, now you know right away now like, I know oh, right okay, that's, that's what, what you know yeah. right so but that's the thing is I have like a fear when it comes to these dating apps when I'm talking to guys that like all they want is sex from me like and and I don't I don't want to think that, but some guys do. Uh, but I was told my whole childhood that like, oh, all they're doing is like watching porn, expecting me to be a se- like someone who's going to have sex with them. And so I'm going to need to put out or else they won't like me or something, yeah. you know? And it's like, but that's not what I want. That's not why I'm here. So like, I mean, I just have to like keep scrolling, I guess. But you know, there's still that same fear that I think that like, all the guys want is sex and I won't be able to give that to them yet. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, and those that like, Stuff that gets ingrained in us when we're so young, it takes a long time to like process through and we may never fully like get rid of. Yeah. Like I've been married for almost four years and um, we're still trying to like kind of navigate like what it looks like to have a healthy sex life. Um, Because, you know, obviously my wife has a sexual history as well as like I, like we both do, everyone does. Um, And so like trying to figure out how to like unlearn a lot of these lies that we've been told both like right both the people have told us like who are trying to protect us like in the church but even if you don't grow up in the church just like culturally um and then also things that we've learned from porn because like women learn things from porn too whether you watch it or not just like the culture is so pervasive that like yeah there's all kinds of things that you have to work through like thinking you have to make those same noises like Mm -hmm. and make those same faces like it's just I found myself sometimes like it's like a performance and I'm like why am I trying to be something I'm not why am I trying to be that's like in life if like I started laughing like Julia Roberts and someone's like can you please (laughs) (laughs) and you just like just like We have Julia here in the room. Yeah, it's same like when I'm having sex, someone's like Cindy Sparkle. I don't know porn names. Cindy Sparkle. That's your porn name. Yeah, but like, you know, like how to be yourself, find yourself in your Mm. own sexuality. And like, um, what I'm curious about, Aiden, first of all, love your wife. Great. Cool. Yeah, Yeah, she's amazing. We love your wife as much as you do. And she seems, we actually like first bonded over sex positivity Uh things. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's let me borrow books 
and she's like very much oh, a big... She needs that book back, by the way. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. She's working on a project oh, for God. work. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'll bring it back, yeah. Cause... I also want my book back. Okay, <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, guys. Okay, fine. I'll give you all your books back. Okay, did I finish them? Absolutely not. Okay. What have you discovered in having such a, like, a long-term sexual partner that's like that you've been sober like pretty much a majority of that time yeah Yeah. since basically since we met yeah Yeah. oh my god did Mm -hmm. she before you met was she um so i hesitate to to say that like i've been sober since we met because a lot of guys think that and i'm generalizing by saying guys i'm sure women think this guys the royal we i've only talked about porn and porn addiction with other guys so that's all i know um a lot of guys think that like oh one day i'll just like find the right woman or like once i get married then like i won't want to walk like that'll be the solution and that's absolutely not the case yeah um for me like there was a whole lot of work leading up to when Britt and i met and we just like happened to meet right as i was like kind of like almost ready to be clean and quote unquote sober, which is sounds weird saying sober, but that's the language that yeah, they use. Right. Um, and and then meeting her and, and starting to date her just kind of pushed me over that edge. So like it wasn't like I just met her and things like, but yeah. So it's been like six and a half years or so um, since since I have been sober, yeah. and um, she that was right around the time that we met as well, yeah. which is mostly a coincidence. I'm curious of the process because you said earlier that like when you were younger you tried these like things of like oh maybe I have to just wean off of it or something mm-hmm. but like I'm curious of the actual process you took to actually come to a place where mentally you know physically emotionally spiritually you are healthy er mm-hmm. with it right. now you know mm-hmm. um I'm, yeah I'm curious about that what worked finally for you I guess um well like I said it was a, it was a long process and it was a combination of things um like definitely telling someone about it was mm-hmm. the first step that was like actually the first step towards progress. Um, and then being as open about it with like a lot of my other guy friends as possible helped me a lot. Um, and so then that it was like, part of that was like having accountability partners and like, um, I haven't, like I said, I have another really close friend who, um, was basically just as addicted as I was. And so we kind of like helped each other try to, work through it and hold each other accountable. Um, and then also what made a huge difference was I was honest with Brynn about it. Like right when we met, it was one of the first things I told her about myself was that, was that I was going through that. Um, and that helped a lot being able to like, mm-hmm. I mean, mostly she's amazing and right. like, I don't think it would, I don't think that would work with any woman, Yeah. but she was so good just like being, accepting and like willing to like work through it with me and like acknowledging that she also has sexual baggage um as everyone does and like being open with each other about that Mm -hmm. um really was huge were you worried about her reaction yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely Um, because you really liked her (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, because i had just come out of another really like relatively long-term relationship Mm -hmm. where i hadn't told her at all oh um yeah and I just knew that, like, I didn't want to be in another relationship where I was, like, trying to, like, hide it and, like, trying to, like, work through it on my what own. Was oh, that? Gosh. So, um, did you have a, a sexual relationship with your ex? No. We, oh, you didn't? No. Okay. You abstained? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because, um, yeah, I'm curious about what a sexual relationship would look like with right. someone who is... Follow-up question, bringing it, I suppose, to the present day. Because, like we said, Bryn seems like a very sex-positive person. Whenever we bring up mm-hmm. porn, she's like, Porn! 
Well, I've got a wealth of knowledge. And she's so, so smart. Yeah, she's so smart. We love her. Um, and I'm curious now, like, what is the um, approach to porn that maybe like if you're willing to say like what you mm-hmm. take, what you and your relationship takes brand, you know, like, how does that actually work nowadays? Because sobriety can look different. Like some people mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. cold turkey forever, like no more porn ever. But then mm-hmm. some people like here and there. I don't know. So like, right. what is that like now? Like, are you able to? Um, I haven't watched porn at all since um, since I stopped and since we met. Um, I don't know if I ever will. Mm. Um, maybe one day I'll get to the point where I feel comfortable, but I don't really mm. have any desire, desire to. to. Yeah, right. Um, I don't. I don't know if I buy the the whole thing of like certain couples will like watch porn to like spice up their love life. Mm. I mean, I'm sure that works for some people, but I don't think that would ever be something that Bryn or I um, would be into. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, we've just been completely quote unquote cold Turkey. Okay. Um, there's a lot of baggage with it for Bryn as well with porn, because mm-hmm. it's like, if I'm watching porn, then like, what does that say about her? And like, yeah, totally. there's just so like, there's so much that we would have to be like discussed and worked through. Oh, and, and those are things that we probably should. I mean, we have talked about it and worked through them and, st- and to some degree. Um, but if we were going to actually start like using porn in our relationship, then that would be a whole other level of like trying to figure out why we right. wanted to do that. And um, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying that you're both very self-aware, which I think is like crucial because when I was researching a lot, a lot of like it came down to the point of just like individual self-awareness of like, I guess this gets into the ethics question also. Um, and uh, it, it's when like, you know, maybe you are watching something. What if you are shameless about that thing? And that thing is actually like degrading to women or like you, you're, or you're not, or you don't realize that it is or something, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, there's that fine line too, where it's like, it's not only like a awareness of yourself of like, what, what's the root of this? Like, why do I actually like this? And that could be fine, but there are some situations and scenarios and, and, and porn that we see that uh, is like, I mean, 90 90 or so percent of porn is focused on the male orgasm, you know, and, uh, and it's focused on male vision and male pleasure. And so, uh, when you are getting educated by porn and that's what you think a girl likes and you're like never going to make her orgasm, you know, from like your approach and you're not actually like talking to her, you're just like taking these images or like these sex acts that you saw and thinking that this is how it works, you know, like, I guess I'm going on a rabbit trail, but the point, the point is, is that like, I don't know, there's some things where when you approach it, it's not only like an awareness of yourself and what you like and like, oh, is this okay? Like, I think this is okay. Like, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not hurting myself. Like, this is actually really fun for both of us. You know, like that, that's cool. But like when it's something that can potentially like shift your perception of reality or of society or of like a certain people group or whatever, then that's where it's kind of like maybe that shouldn't be a good thing that you're indulging in. Do you know what I mean? I, my fantasy, I used to have like, like a rape fantasy. Mm. Right. And like, that's how, like when I would like masturbate, that's what I would think about. And, and then like, I liked when I, if I did watch porn, I would, is kind of aggressive. Um, but then I realized that the rape fantasy was based on like self-loathing and like, that's what I thought I deserved. I just, and, and it was like, and I've talked about this before. Like it was my way of escaping the responsibility of wanting to have sex and wanting to be loved. So I don't know. Yeah. So just because that was my fantasy, did that make my fantasy good? 
And for me personally, that fantasy is like not good. And I had to retrain my brain, which I did like, this might be TMI, but like during masturbating, I would literally have to retrain my brain and be like, I love myself. Like you are beautiful. And I would fantasize about Mm -hmm. being like, like uh, in the country and like I'm writing a journal. I literally wrote this in the 1800s and a man comes in in like a white, like loose shirt and he's like, Emily. And I'm like, what? You have the same fantasy as me. And then then we like, and then we like make love. century garment with nothing else. I'm gingerly touching your shoulder. Okay, we need to have an episode where we just read erotica that we have written. I'm sure that's what the people want. Oh no. But I mean, it's really just, we can't solve anything. No. Aiden, how are you feeling? What, do you have any, like, wrapping up thoughts? Like, last thoughts? Um, no. I yeah. have, <laughs> I have no, I another don't. rabbit hole. Ooh, so, great. the okay. thing is, like, this is all a great conversation. Um, but there's two sides to the conversation. Because up until this point, we've only been talking about the consumption of porn and mm. the ethics of that. But there's also a whole other podcast series that could be done on the production of porn wow. and whether that is ever ethical oh, and if dude. it and if the answer is no then then the consumption of porn is probably never ethical either mm, right. and so like that's a whole other thing yeah. because like even if you're even if on the consumption side you find a way to like you think that it's like it's ethical and it's healthy and you're consuming it in a healthy way yeah. you still have no idea how like in most cases how totally. that porn was produced and whether or not that was ethical and like the the there's just a myriad of issues that come with the porn industry existing um, on that side of I'm having so many like because when I have dabbled in porn like some of the things I've seen of like the women like they aren't talking and the guys are like making jokes about like their bodies and like I'm having like flashbacks even as you say that Mm. of like Mm -hmm. what if that is like it's kind of terrifying sometimes it makes me feel gross yeah. Yeah, and I mean there are there's ethically I mean technically as far as we know like there's ethical porn out there that states up front that they're doing it ethically but at the mm-hmm. same time like you know you never really know so it's just yeah, like and is it free cuz free like, is whether, accessible whether or not it's ethical is also uh, I don't want to say subjective right. but like so like w- even if porn is produced quote unquote ethically like um Brim was actually talking about this earlier this morning like if someone's being paid for something is there a possibility of consent mm-hmm. you know like even if everything else is the best of circumstances the fact that this person is being paid to do to like perform these acts is that a consensual situation right um and some people would say no and so then like yeah. there is no situation in which pornography is being produced ethically unless it's just like a hobby you know right and yeah. no one's being paid yes well guys uh, if you're listening to this and you have comments questions anecdotes please let us yeah. know because we don't know be mindful i don't know stay classy <laughs> stay classy and click well wow i like that i love it thank you so much for listening to making love and growing up I want to start by saying a huge thank you to our audio engineer, Aiden DeYoung, not only for all your hard work recording and mixing this episode, but for your openness to share honestly your experience. Thank you, Kaylor Myers, our producer and editor. Also, thank you to the creator of our theme song, Jordan McKinney. And of course, a big thank you to all of our interviewees this week. We couldn't do this without your willingness to openly share your experiences. 
Also, if you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us out a lot. For more info and extra tidbits, follow us on Instagram at mlgu.podcast and on Facebook at Making Love and Growing Up. We'd love your feedback. Please email us at makingloveandgrowingup at gmail.com with your stories and the topics you want to learn more about. We can't wait to hear from you. This is MLGU signing off. Thank you.